You're now listening to Binge Brew Brain Podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending overeating, binge eating, emotional eating, and yo-yo dieting. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello. I hope you're doing great. In today's episode, we are going to talk about urges. This was highly requested topic and I'm going to focus specifically on urges to binge, overeat or emotionally eat. So in general, urges for extra food. But of course, in my opinion, you can apply this information to other urges you experience in your life. Maybe these are urges to purge, over-exercise, buy stuff online, scroll on your phone or play video games. And I would highly recommend you to stay till the end because at the end I've got something special for you. Something that will help you to dismiss urges and you can get it for free. I'm also going to share with you a couple of other announcements. Let's start with the main topic of today's video, urges. So I found a couple of definitions, what is an urge, and I want to read to you two of them because I think that they are, in a way, confusing. So first definition says that an urge is a strong wish especially one that is difficult or impossible to control. So in this definition, they suggest that it's a wish. And if it's a wish, then I'm thinking that it's a thought. So they suggest that an urge is a, a thought. But of course, you may have different different interpretation, right? For me, wish sounds more like something that is not necessarily connected to, to our like internal states, but something that we have to think about. However, the second definition says that an urge is a strong desire or impulse. So here we we can see that they define an urge as something more animalistic in a way, right? Because it's an impulse. It doesn't really require much thinking. So I would say that those two definitions are slightly different. And that got me thinking whether an urge is a thought or a feeling. Of course, I always thought that that an urge is is more like a feeling, like very um very uncontrollable feeling. But then I started to read more about, you know, difference uh, between emotion and feeling. And I actually would like to share with you what I have found out because I think that it can help us to understand urges a little bit more. So, Emotion is a physiological response. It's like a physiological reaction to something that happens outside of us. However, feelings are the conscious experience of emotional reactions. So if we would take a look at the brain uh, through, you know, neuroimaging techniques, researchers can look at the brain activation of, uh, you know, different emotions or feelings. So when people experience emotion, for example, fear is a strong emotion, then researchers can observe the activation of subcortical and cortical uh, brain regions. What What is cortical region? So cortical region, I would say that this is your rational brain and subcortical region is more uh, like your primitive brain. Uh, I talked more about primitive brain and, and rational brain in the episode called Spock versus Homer Simpson. So subcortical areas, what can we find there? For example, limbic system. And inside limbic system, we've got a structure called amygdala. So amygdala is primarily associated with emotional processes like fear. 
this emotion, like fear, this um, this has the subcortical and cortical brain activation. However, feelings, feelings like, I don't know, apathetic, hopeful, overwhelmed, grateful, these kind of feelings, they cause more like cortical activation. So more your rational brain, which means that brain perceives emotions, but it's your rational brain that assigns a meaning to it, and then it becomes a feeling. So emotion is a data, however, feeling is an interpretation of the data. And this interpretation can be shaped by personal experiences, beliefs, memories, thoughts. So I thought that that is kind of like fascinating because uh, at the beginning I told you that I'm a little bit confused whether an urge is a feeling or it's a thought, but apparently an urge might be just an emotion that we think about, that we assign a meaning to, and then it becomes a feeling. So an urge requires our thoughts. Urge is a feeling. And what do we know about feelings? Feeling is generally just a sensation in your body. And the interesting part is that sometimes we can mislabel some feelings. (laughs) The funny thing is that the difference between excitement and anxiety lies in our interpretation of the sensation we experience in our body. Isn't that crazy? The other uh, fact about the feeling is that feelings are harmless. Uh, of course, we, we make an interpretation that they are horrible, they are uncontrollable, but in general, most of the feelings are really, really harmless. Even if you are heartbroken, devastated, furious, helpful, uh, hateful, hateful, then it's just a feeling. You can just experience it, but you don't have to react to it. Another fascinating fact about feelings is that feelings are always true. Yes, you experience them. They are uh, they are true. You can you can feel them, but it doesn't mean that they are right because um, your own thoughts, you know, make can make a wrong interpretation, right? So, for example, you may confuse feeling feeling of excitement with feeling of anxiousness. Another one is that you can feel relaxed, but in general, you may feel internally, you know, still pretty stressed. Maybe you experience something called hunger. So actually you are physiologically hungry, but this manifests in you being angry and annoyed. Another example is that you may feel awkward, but it doesn't mean that you are awkward. It's just your interpretation. That's why I always suggest to question your own thoughts. So again, I'm going to emphasize that that feelings are always true. Whatever you feeling, you whatever you feel, this is totally true. But it doesn't mean that it's you know <laughs> right in a sense. <laughs> and now we have to ask ourselves what went wrong. Like why can't we deal with with most feelings? Why can't we deal with urges? So first of all, I need to tell you that often we are not really aware of our emotions because we are we are trained since since you know our childhood to often suppress, ignore and avoid our emotions. Please don't feel guilty if you emotionally overeat. The truth is that many of us don't really know how to deal with our emotions because 
our parents just tried to suppress them. They gave us candy whenever we felt upset. So, of course, we are going to have trouble with uh, processing our emotions. That's why we may end up emotionally overeating. And really, the whole society teaches us that emotions are the opposite of rationality and everybody wants to be rational. We are obsessed with intelligence, even moms, uh, you know, they will read the books, how to make their children very intelligent. I personally think that it's a mistake to think that we operate just from one place, you know, from a place of pure reason or pure emotion. I think that our goal in mind should be to find the wise mind inside us to find this balance between reasonable mind and emotional mind. Now let's talk about urges to binge specifically. So there are a couple of things that I want you to know about urges to binge or or urges to overeat. First of all is that nothing went wrong if you experience those urges. Everything is all right. This is just a part of a habit cycle. You've got a lot of habits built in your life and you've got many automatic habits like walking, maybe even driving a car. And I'm going to come back to the topic of of a habit a little bit later because I want to explain to you how this habit developed. But for now, just know that, that urges are part of the habit and they mean nothing about you. If you have those urges to binge, it doesn't mean that you are a bad person. There's nothing wrong with you. Quite the opposite. Your brain is super healthy and it just anticipates the reward. Another thing I want you to know about urges to binge is that urge is a desire. So it's a want, not a need. If you won't satisfy it, you won't die. Nothing, nothing will happen. You just will feel uncomfortable emotion and it will pass. I know that urges feel very urgent because they come from the primitive part of your brain that supports your survival. Remember that the primitive brain evolved in very threatening times. Its job is to alert you about any possible threat and just keep you alive. So this is what your brain is doing. That's why urges feel so urgent and they are sort of like the matter of life and death. I want you to also know that intensity of an urge has everything to do with the reward your brain is expecting. And now let's talk about how this habit cycle developed. This is a learned response. Let's be honest, food is yummy. Many highly processed foods have addictive-like properties. They activate uh, your reward system, which is a part of the survival mechanism. So, of course, your brain is going to prioritize those foods. Also, many type of foods have calming, soothing effect on your on your uh, central nervous system. It has, in a way, very numbing effect. Also, food changes uh, the changes the levels of neurotransmitters and hormones in your in your brain. Brain can learn how to regulate itself, regulate your mood through food. Another important thing is that. Oftentimes, this binge cycle developed after a period of starvation. And when I talk about starvation, I mean, for example, dieting, losing weight. 
Now imagine yourself holding breath. Of course, once you feel that you cannot hold your breath any longer, you will be you will find yourself gasping for air. Think about the times when you felt dehydrated. If you haven't drink water for a couple of hours, because maybe you forgot your water bottle at to your work and you are thirsty. So when you are back home, you will drink probably just the whole water uh, bottle because you will be that dehydrated and you will be that thirsty. And that's something that often happens uh, after the starvation period. So if you've been on a very low calorie diet, your brain, your brain just sends a signal for food. That's why the binging episodes often happens. And then your brain quickly learns that sending an urges to binge means that the reward is coming. So first we've got this, this cue. The cue can be emotional. It can be some kind of thought. It can be also something external, like maybe a typical, uh, some, some type of food that is triggering for you. And then you have this urge. And then uh, you probably eat, you probably just react to an urge, then your brain learns that it's a reward. So every time you experience an urge, it means that your brain is anticipating the reward. In a way, maybe your habit of binge eating or overeating, maybe it just became very automated and right now you are doing it subconsciously. It's, it's a kind of like involuntary cycle, right? Because every time you allow the urge, you are reinforcing this, this cycle, which, which sucks. I know, I know, but it is possible to rewire it. So, so don't worry. For now, you need to know that if you have an urge, that means that brain anticipates reward. And if you reward an urge, in this way, you reinforce the habit cycle. And your desire to binge is born in the irrational part of the brain. That's, that's why it's so hard to just talk yourself out of binging. And right now I want to give you a, a great example, which I think that will help you to understand urges a little bit better. I want you to imagine this irrational primitive part of your brain as a five-year-old child in a toy shop. And I'm pretty sure that this example is for all the moms out there. You're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. So let's say that you take your kid to the toy shop. And now your kid wants this toy, that toy, and it basically wants everything. (laughs) But you can't afford it, right? Because you have uh, a budget, but the kid doesn't really understand the concept of, of money, of work. It doesn't understand why can't you just buy all of it? Like, what, what the heck? The child wants a toy. They want instant gratification. And if they won't get it, they will start screaming. Typical temper tantrum. And this is exactly what your lower brain is doing when it wants to binge. Now, imagine yourself being in a TV show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And now you have four choices. Choice one is react, meaning reward the child. Second choice is resist. Resist meaning like, you know, fight with it. Third choice is avoid. And fourth choice is allow. If you can, you can call your friend for a tip 
Maybe you should call your life coach if you already hired one. So let's go through all of these options one by one. Let's start with React. If you react to a child, that means that you are going to reward it. So it's going to learn that this behavior leads to, to a specific outcome. So now imagine your little girl, maybe your, your little girl, you know, having a tantrum in the middle of the, of the shop, right? And right now when she's screaming, she's like little devil dressed in a human skin. <laughs> maybe little Rosemary's baby. <laughs> I think that I went too far. Uh, I, I think that we shouldn't actually associate like negative uh, things with that little girl. So please imagine like sweet, cute, little loving girl, little, little girl. But of course, she's very sweet, but she's hurt and she's screaming. And now, because you've done that a couple of times, she knows that if she cries for seven minutes, she will be rewarded. So the next time uh, she's in the shop, she will know that she, have to, she has to wait seven minutes till you will reward her. And, you know, with each time, she learns how long she has to have a tantrum to be rewarded. And this way, you just produce a spoiled child. That's why you need to have more discipline. You need to hold clear and firm boundaries with, with children. Otherwise, they will just run the show. I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes um, when a child has, let's say, two parents, they, they sometimes may behave differently with each parent because they know where and how long to push each parent to get what it wants. So for example, with mom, they know that if they will scream for five minutes, then they will get what they want. But maybe with, with fathers, they will not get anything because the father um, holds stronger and um, yeah, firmer boundaries, right? And the kids learn that they really, they are really great observers and they can, yeah, as I said, they know exactly where to push to, to get what they want. But of course, that's just a digression. So, okay, right now we went through the, the option with reacting. So this is something you don't want to do because you don't want your little girl to learn this unwanted habit. So the second choice you have is to resist. So again, imagine yourself in a, in a shop and you are trying to resist what is happening. Resisting often means fighting. So she cries and what you do? You shout. Uh, it's not going to end good, right? Because if she's crying, she's shouting, you're shouting, you're making a scene, both of you have strong emotions. Well, you already know that it's not, it's not a good idea. And the third choice is to avoid. <laughs> so imagine you are in, this, in the shop, the child has a tantrum and you're like, shit, it's not my child. You just go to another aisle, you just ignore it. And in your mind, you think that you're going to just give this child to the adoption. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. Uh, so right now we went through the three choices. There was react, resist, avoid. And now the fourth choice, which in my opinion is the best choice, is to allow the urge. So allow, allow the, the, the baby to, you know, express itself. Acknowledge what that girl feels. Hold space for help. Be available. Tell her like, hey girl, 
if you want me, I'm here. Of course, you don't want to be pushy, but just show her that you are there for her and you will wait until she calms down. And guess what? Every toddler, every child will finally wear itself out. Why? Because it's not effective to waste so much energy for crying. Our bodies wants to conserve energy. So when the child notices that their action, their tantrum doesn't bring the result, finally they will calm down. And now the same is happening with an urge to binge. So I want to go with you with those, uh, I want to go through all of those four choices with you to to explain how that uh, how that relates to binge eating. So again, we've got four choices. First one is to react to an urge to binge. Reacting, of course, it perpetuates the cycle. It strengthens the neural connections responsible for keeping that habit alive. It reinforces the habit, making it stronger. What about resisting? Well, resisting means fighting, then you rely on your willpower. Of course, at the beginning it works, you can white-knuckle it through your urge, but in the long run it doesn't really work. The urge becomes irresistible when you resist it. I don't know if you ever heard a phrase, what you resist persists, and in this case I feel that it is pretty accurate. The third choice is to avoid. And I must admit that distractions sometimes work, but again, it doesn't work on a long run. So sometimes the urges are so strong that you totally cannot distract yourself, but maybe when urges are less intense, then you can utilize distraction. The fourth option, in my opinion, the best option is to allow the urge to overeat. Just simply watch the sensations you feel in your body and the thoughts that arise in your mind. And really, just like to the little girl in the shop, send some love to your urges. Like really, this part of your brain, this primitive brain, uh, really just trying to keep this habit alive. It's just trying to keep you alive. And I think that you can have some compassion towards this part of your body. Also, when you experience all of those sensations, ask yourself how it feels in your body. And I'm pretty sure that when you describe the feeling in your body, how you feel, I'm pretty sure that you will agree with me that you can survive it. Because after all, feelings are harmless. Of course, they are super uncomfortable, but you can survive this discomfort. When I mentioned sending some love to the primitive part of your brain, I was reminded of a book called Never Binge Again by Glenn Livingstone. So in the in the book, I'm actually not sure if I read the book, but I'm I'm pretty familiar with with the whole concept. So instead of using the term primitive brain, he calls this part of your brain a pig. A pig that you should cage, keep in a cage. And in my opinion, it's a very negative approach, you know? And if you have this negative approach, if you believe that there's a pig inside you, then in my opinion, you reject part of yourself. You reject part of yourself that is just trying to protect you. It's just trying to protect this habit that it believes is very important for your survival because it gives you a dopamine spike and it's very rewarding. So primitive brain is is loving you. It it wants you to survive. But in this 
book they called it a pig and in my opinion it's more like a dog it's a dog in the shelter who is undernourished was physically abused and now is afraid of people so it's very protective of its food so it's not a pig it's just an innocent creature um yeah i don't know what what are your thoughts about that but i really prefer to to more positive approach again like thinking about the primitive brain as a toddler as a lost child who has a tantrum but yeah another another digression okay what i want you to know from this episode well i just talked about sitting with an urge and maybe feeling your feelings and uh, and realizing that you can live through this discomfort so i must say that saying no is uneasy. It, this is the simple part, right? You just have to say no to an urge. But then there's a problem because it's very uncomfortable to sit with an urge without reacting to it. Also, other feelings may bubble up to the surface. So what I want you to do is I want you to commit to feeling discomfort. Uh, many of my clients like to uh, like to set an intention for a day at the beginning of the day and you know they will try to for example dismiss urges but i think that it's more important to really committing to feeling discomfort like like this is you have to realize that that dismissing urges is associated with experiencing discomfort and i want to also share with you two quotes about discomfort first one is uh, sounds like this Discomfort is the currency of your dreams. Let that sink in. And now time for a second quote. The longer you avoid voluntary discomfort, the longer you will have to endure mandatory suffering. How true is that? You have to write it down. <laughs> and now on to the good news. So the good news is that every time you say no to an urge, you teach your brain a new habit. The good news is also that the intensity of the urges will decrease. At some point, they will even go away. And the sitting with an urge is called urge surfing. And it's called urge surfing because it means that urges come in waves. So it also means that there will be a peak of the intensity of an urge, but then it will go down. What if I would tell you that an urge only will last like 15 minutes? Then if you know that the urge will finally go away, then it's going to be easier for you to, uh, to dismiss it. The funny thing is that at some point you can also, let's say, make some exercises with an urge. You can create thoughts that will increase the intensity of an urge. And you may ask yourself, like, why would I do that? Well, to show you that if you can increase the intensity of an urge, you can also decrease the intensity of an urge by changing your thoughts. You can change the volume of, a, of an urge just like you would change volume in the radio. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> And now into the closing remarks. All I want you to remember is that you are the authority. So the primitive brain is uh, sending those urges, but 
The final decision belongs to your rational brain. Final decision is probably made somewhere in the prefrontal cortex. And if you want to know more about um, the primitive brain and and your rational brain, then you definitely need to listen to the episode about, about Spock versus Homer Simpson in your brain. Now it's time for announcements. The first announcement is that I have something special for you and it is an audio recording. It's a guided meditation for urges to binge. All you have to do is you have to message me on Instagram to receive a direct link. You can also send me an email and what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you back a link to private YouTube video so that the next time you have an urge to binge, overeat, emotionally eat, you can just listen to this recording and that will help you to dismiss the urge or or at least postpone the binge because we all know that even delaying the binge is very important because it changes the wiring of this habit. Another announcement is that I want you to ask me questions about urges. So I want to make another episode about urges and preferably that episode would be a week after this episode. So if this episode airs on Thursday, I want you to ask me uh, questions that you have about urges till Tuesday. And you can submit your questions through Instagram, but you can also go directly to my website, bingeproofbrain.com slash ask. And there you can ask a question that I will answer in the next episode. And if you have any other questions not related to urges to binge, you can also submit them there so that I have topics for next uh, podcast episodes. Another announcement is that I would love you to submit a review for this podcast on iTunes. I'm gonna be honest with you, big podcasters they don't care that much about your review, right? They care more about numbers. Like if they have thousand reviews, it doesn't matter if they have thousand and one, thousand and two. It's probably their social media manager who who reads them their review and just shows them the most important ones. But for me, oh guys, every time you submit a review on iTunes, it's just like Christmas for me, like Christmas in July. So I'm so happy uh, for everybody who submitted the, um, the review. And you know, I'm just one person company. So I'm doing everything. I send you every every message on Instagram. So we are always in contact. So It's very important for me to be close with my followers and you can give me back by just submitting a review. Another announcement is that some spots for one-on-one coaching have just opened up. So if you are interested in working one-on-one with me, you have to get in contact with me. I can help you overcome binge eating, emotional eating, overeating, yo-yo dieting. Just uh, fill out my coaching application or just message me directly on Instagram. Thank you so much everybody for listening. I wish you wonderful rest of your day. Have a great day. Bye! 
enjoyed today's episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Pinchproof Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your application for my Pinchproof Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.